Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. If you build it, he will. It's the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Couch. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data languages. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Friday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports right here on a Garrison Financial Friday. Scotty G in the house this morning. Talk all kinds of different stuff. We got all kinds of things, mostly football coming up. Uh, college football at the end. We'll have some high school football in the middle. Maybe some NFL stuff off the top. I I have one question for Scott that I think I know the answer to, uh, but it was uh, it, it's one of those things in life where you just go, why, why do people do such things? Two two five nine six nine eight is the phone or the text line. Two two five nine six nine eight. Give us a call, shoot us a text, talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime right in at two two five. Nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area one of these days, you want to stay in touch with the show, you can log on to kadsam.com or download the app. The app's got everything: radio, Penny News, Big Elk, and Paragon TV, which will be full of high school football games tonight. Obviously, the Big Elk's homecoming against Carl Albert, and then uh, Hollis finally at home this week. Tough task against Mountain View Godibo. Merritt hits the road headed east on I-40 to Minko. So those are your options tonight on Big Elk and Paragon TV for the high school football. Also, we've got the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you missed one of these shows entirely, you can go back and check it out. And uh, looking at the numbers, a bunch of you are doing that. Uh, so we really appreciate you going back and giving us a listen if you missed the show entirely. Good morning, fellas. How are you all on this uh, drizzly? It's football weather Friday. That's right, right? It, it feels like that. It is. It feels like yeah. we're in Big Ten country. I don't think you're going to have to shed one of your shirts tonight, Jared, like you did last week. Yeah, yeah I know. That was bad. Yeah. I, <laughs> we up a Canadian. Off? You were taking it off? There is a point where uh, I had an undershirt on, and we haven't even started the bra. I said, forget this. So I I took off both shirts to get rid of that undershirt. Whoa. And there was a point there I thought, would anybody notice if I just leave both shirts off? <laughs> I would have. <laughs> <laughs> I've X-rated radio. I, don't, I didn't think it was that kind of radio. We all show have nipples, Greg. Did. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I, I, I over time I've learned that take what is called a sweat towel when you go to these places. 
Now, here's the deal. Canadian, I'm not knocking Canadian. You know, we never gave them props because they were incredibly. Uh, I did on Monday. I said you? they invited us to their barbecue. Yeah, they did. They did. They had a they had a tailgate behind their press box. Their press box was easily accessible. We could back right up. We'd have to climb a massive amount of stairs because the way that stadium was handled. There you go. They'd say, hey, oh, radio, yeah, just go over there, park right there, back up. Very, And they had AC in there until you shut the door, and then it was hot. Until you shut the door. Well, if we had the door open, it's kind of going down the hallway instead yeah. of in each, in, oh, in each individual room. So I've learned over time bring a sweat towel. Yeah, because I just constantly. Yeah, I mean, that's so song? wait a minute. So so you guys were in a room alone, and Jared took his clothes off. Yeah. Shirts <laughs> off. Shirts <laughs> off. I I first of all, Jared, I looked over. I and- apologize because I know exactly what. Skinny's trying to do here because I had an agenda when I came in. I did not say anything. And it was, yeah, you did. You you immediately took this towards him taking his clothes off. No, I did not. You are trying <laughs> to avoid us talking about the college pick'em. Oh, listen, we'll get that. I already did you that are, too. You I already did try- that on Monday. Yeah, but you didn't want to talk about it with me. Well, listen, like I said, somebody that's the whole point of this contest is whoever gets last also gets money as long as they'll keep on picking. <laughs> keep on keep on trying like the little engine that could. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I mean, we've also still got, I mean, a lot of weeks. Here's the deal. I've gone with the underdogs. You know how I can tell we got a bunch of public players? Because we got good records when the favorites are covering each and every game, it seems like. Oh, is it? Is it? Is this? Is that what he's? Is he I've been. Shot at us? It. I had this. I had this theory, and it was this: because of the new clock rules, those giant spreads, those teams weren't going to have time to cover them. How'd that work Be- out? For it's you? not working out very well so far. <laughs> that's for sure. Out of 118, I'm in 93rd. Well, I tell you what, I'm in another one in the pros, and I picked. Minnesota last night. I thought this is a perfect letdown game. Was for that not Philly. a winner? Philly won. I know, but oh, but, you meant straight up. Yeah, straight up? yeah, we okay. were straight up in that one. So I think I, did they not co- cover the spread? I think too? Minnesota covered. I thought it was six and a half. It, I don't remember what it was. You know what? It, it, no, it they ended scored up going, a touchdown at the end. It ended up thirty-four twenty-eight was the final, but I think it actually went underneath six because of the injuries that Philly oh, okay. ended up having. So I, I think actually think Philly did end up covering that spread. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, West Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em. There's a bunch of – I mean, I see coaches littered. I can't believe they haven't started talking trash yet. You know what they realize? It's a long season. Oh, I'm not worried. It's a long season, I'm and not they're, they're not having to be in I'm here each and every week. Perfectly placed oh, in striking here. distance. Just in time, the leader found my number. <laughs> Brandon Embry. I'm sure he's wanting props. Yeah, you're well, ahead for now. Yeah, I, I I know what I'm doing. We're just hanging out in there, letting the rest of them wear themselves out, and then we're going to strike. That's the that's, goal. That's what I'm doing. That's the goal. Once conference season rolls around, you kind of get a good idea of who's good and who's not. Then you just kind of start slowly climbing the ladder. Problem is, I'm afraid you got you got a top, you top of the ladder already got cut <laughs> off for me. <laughs> I don't think I'm making it there. Hey, uh, so last night. There was a play, Minnesota going left to right on your TV screen. Justin Jefferson catches the ball in the middle of the field, gets tackled, then all of a sudden runs over, grabs something on the field, and flings it to the sidelines. I didn't see this. You didn't see this? I did not. So he gets tackled, and in the process of getting tackled, he gets his 
tens of thousands of dollars a chain ripped in half uh, and picks it up and throws it to the sideline. Uh-huh. As a financial guy, let's say that was a $25,000 necklace. <laughs> let's just say. Let's just say. It could be higher. It could be lower. But that seems like a nice Probably closer to a hundred. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, let's say a $100,000 necklace. If you were the advisor of Justin Jefferson, is there any way you would advise him to actually wear that on the field? I, I would not, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> what a great financial question. <laughs> yeah. And he gets tackled, and you see him take a step one way, and then it's like he turns around. I don't know if he saw it, like, shimmer in the light, the diamonds or what. And, and he, he was probably happy that he got to do that because then everybody knew that he had a $100,000 chain. Had it on. And on he his... just grabs it, and he throws it to the sideline. Yeah. I yeah. saw people on, on Twitter going, oh, that's some poor teacher's salary. He just got thrown to the sideline. I'd, I'd wear my chain, huh. but my neck would be blue from the <laughs> I tied it from with fake gold. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All right, so NFL. Let's not kid yourself. If you're his financial advisor, like, do whatever you want, Justin. Just pay me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you want to wear the just necklace? Keep wear the, the necklace. Just, so just keep making the I'll money. I'll continue to be your advisor. Just don't fire me. Do whatever you want. <laughs> it's it's a chain, Jared. It's, it's not a, a necklace. I just got, oh, ne- it's not a, chain. a necklace. I'm sorry, it's, it's a, a chain. chain. Come on, man. It's sorry. A- I, I just got a text that it's an asset. It's an asset. <laughs> that is not an asset. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. It's a house Okay. Payment. So you got to take a shot at me. It's my turn to take a shot at you. Oh. In the NFL this week, I think there's a handful of teams that have the oh, most no. pressure to win oh, no. this week. And I believe number one on that list is none other than your uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I said it. I said this is the kiss of death. They're winning every preseason game. They're looking pretty tight. I knew it was coming. Any concerns that Kenny Pickett looked like a scared child last week against the, the uh, 49ers? My over-under on Kenny Pickett is is less than a touchdown a game for the year. So not a Pickett fan. Well, I don't, I don't know that it's Pickett. I think our offensive coordinator yeah. needs to take a hike. Yeah, I don't disagree. Matt Canada, he's, he's still he's, the one calling the plays. Yeah. It's he's awful, you he's know. Awful. That's but it, it, isn't that ultimately on Mike Tomlin for not firing him? It is absolutely. Now here it comes. Now you're going to talk about your boys, them boys. No, 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 no. I'm them gonna, boys. I'm going to talk about the teams that uh, didn't have a good first week. Oh, okay. Not so much. Not the teams that dominated. <laughs> so it, it, I'm going to give you five teams, and it, ironically, they're all in the AFC. Which to me makes sense because everything everybody believes the AFC has more good teams than the NFC, right? So Steelers, the Bengals, both of these teams would go zero and two. Problem with the Steelers is if they lose this week, they are going to have a home division loss, which the Bengals would too. Because Baltimore's there, so they would both have a home division, and actually, the Bengals would be zero and two in the division. Yeah, because they lost last week to, to Cleveland. Cleveland, so that's a lot of pressure there. Uh, Chiefs, Bills, which would have two AFC losses, and the Chargers also would have two AFC losses if they cannot win against Tennessee. Why do I say zero and two is such a big deal? Anybody got any idea what the percentage is if you go zero and two to make the playoffs? Not good. What is it? I don't know. Oh, I, you're I shaking remember, your head like you've I seen this. I remember the stats. It's, it's, it's going to be less than 10%. Starting 0-2 is not, is not good. 
just barely. Nine point five percent. So yeah, after last year, since nineteen seventy, which is the AFL NFL merger, thirty eight of four hundred zero and two teams made the playoffs, which nine point five percent. That's pretty low. How many do you think won the Super Bowl? Zero. No, no. There's been. There. Some. I could have told you one because I remember one. Dallas, I, I, one. 1993 <laughs> Dallas Cowboys won because if you'll remember, that's right. Emmett was holding out. They lost yep. the first two games. Yep. All of a sudden, never mind, Emmett. Here's come on, your money. Man. That's right. Here's your money. Yes, uh, there's actually been three. 2001 New England and 2007 Giants joined the 93 well, Cowboys. But that's because they caught it on the side of the helmet. <laughs> 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 and I mean. And the Patriots, 9-11, you know, that that all kind of went in a thing together. So really just the Cowboys did it for real. (laughs) Uh, I knew you were going to get the dim boys. So honestly, though, what uh, what struck you, NFL-wise, it was a weird weird week, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just – the biggest thing that struck me is, I mean, can you – since since the Cubs won the World Series, has there been a team that has had more bad luck than the New York Jets? Oh my gosh! Has there been one? <laughs> I mean, you talk about plagued. It 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 doesn't get much worse than that. What ten minutes? The, than the fourth play. <laughs> I mean, the dude. It's it is Monday, which was September eleventh in New York. The savior of New York City rolls in with the flat. I mean, yeah. the place is ready to literally crumble to the ground because of its its. And then four plays later, I mean, the Jets started on defense, right? They get a three and yeah. out right yeah. quick. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Hey, here comes Aaron. And then it was like literally, the bubble just burst. Oh, I mean, you can hear them all. You can hear the Jets fans. We're gonna win it all. We're gonna win it all. There was the one guy I told Jared on on Tuesday. There was the one guy, and it was I think it was right after Buffalo made it thirteen to three, and they panned to this guy, this the one Jets fan. And of course, he's got his jersey on, and he looks right at the camera, and he just goes, <laughs> <laughs> and just flips the camera off. And I'm like, you know what? He's speaking for everybody in there. Yeah. Did you guys watch the video of the bar in Wisconsin? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tell. Okay, so tell if people don't know this story, tell exactly how this worked. So a bar in Wisconsin for a for a uh, what do you call it a uh, like a promotion like a promotional deal all year they're going to do a deal that if Green Bay's not playing then they'll have the Jets games on and if the Jets lose. They're going to cover your entire bar tab, yes. the whole thing, all night. However much money you spend <laughs> from the start of the game to the finish. Now, me and some buddies probably could make up one heck of a bar tab. <laughs> and, uh, and so, well, especially after Aaron Rodgers goes well, that, down. And that, that was the beauty. So there was like a TV station doing a live report inside the bar when Rodgers got hurt. Yes. And the place goes nuts. Went absolutely and so, insane. And, and you know. Shots all around. 
And you know, as soon as that happens, what's the highest dollar bottle of whiskey that you have? <laughs> Zach Wilson. We get Zach Wilson for 13 minutes of the first quarter of the rest of the game. Oh my gosh. Legendary night. And then the TV reporter is still in the bar as the Jets yeah, return, the punt. return the punt and win the game <laughs> in that place. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe – oh, listen, you got to look this up. It is hilarious. I mean, it's like – it sounded just like the stadium when Aaron got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Get on YouTube. Check it out. It's fantastic. It, and just the, the irony of them being there, the TV, to do the live shot as he gets hurt. And, I mean, the jubilation – and the oh my gosh! I mean, I'd have been the same way. It's it's as close to watching a parent take away a kid's Christmas <laughs> present <laughs> three hours after he gets it. It'd be like if you got your brand new Nintendo for Christmas back in back in nineteen eighty seven. And your dad, three hours later, was yeah. like, I'm tired of watching you play this. You just finally got all those little discs on the gyromite guy to work. <laughs> and then, bam, it's gone. So I actually have I actually have a funny story. I, you know, sometimes I get in trouble for telling family stories. But I'm going to tell this one. Speaking of getting your Christmas present taken Uh-oh. away. So, as they were teenagers, two of my aunts... Brenda and Lana figured out how to essentially open the wrapped Christmas gifts, but then be able to wrap them back perfectly where nobody knew. So they do this, and they each get a pair of go-go boots. Oh, man. Each of them have them. So they kind of put them on, wear them around, and then, you know, put them back and, you know, decide to act surprised when they open them on Christmas Day. To their surprise, when they did open them on Christmas Day, nobody suspected anything until once they opened the box up, they put them in the wrong box. (laughs) They put them in the wrong box. (laughs) And they immediately had to take them off, put them in the right box, and they went back to the store. Oh, Oh my gosh. Ouch. Yeah, that's, that's tough. So they, they literally got to experience getting your Christmas gift taken away. I can't wait to see away. your aunts. That's going to be fantastic. Actually, I can't remember if they took them away, took back to the store, or just like hit them in the closet and then gave them back. But am I wrong? Oh. That's like oh, yeah. that's how all of the adults looked. It was like, oh yes, why can't I keep my present? <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and we all Were you know. Serious about this promotion? Were you <laughs> serious? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. We all know as soon as that injury happened. Oh yeah, it was. Jets are done. In the tabs. What a what a perfect time for that comeback if you're the bar. Oh my because gosh. you're you know, and the owners have got to be going, You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Very first time we do this, yeah. Rogers is done, and now we're gonna have to we're gonna have to eat this entire <laughs> night. No way. And then Yeah. Only the third time ever a walk off punt return happened in the NFL. And yeah. Dreams crushed. It's <laughs> a sad, drunken dreams. Sad, crushed. very drunken dreams. <laughs> the cheese curds didn't taste near as good all of a sudden. Oh man, <laughs> as they did when you thought they were free. That, that had to be the worst hangover ever. Oh my gosh. Oh, we'll work on Tuesday would have been fun. <laughs> Let's see if we can, man. See if we can find how much they made. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even think <laughs> probably about a lot. That. Probably a lot. Didn't even think that about it. That place looked packed, too. Oh, yeah. So, but no, I'm not worried about my Steelers this week. TJ's going to take care of Deshaun. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going with any team that I'm worried about, it's the Bengals, like you mentioned, because it's a divisional thing, divisional game, yeah. and it's at the Ravens, starting 0-2. That's – you mentioned the numbers. Those are hard to come. But I did write down Steelers. Yeah. But it is the Browns, right? It is the are Browns. Are we believing but in the Browns? I'm not. The Bengals were probably saying it's the Browns. That's yeah. true. Last week, But too. they always have a – they always start off with yeah, the Burrow, and then – Burrow's only beat the Browns like one in <laughs> – Yeah, like one in ten or something. It's really, really it's weird. Yeah, and if insane. you asked me this question yesterday, I would have put the Vikings on this list. Me too. Because it's all about starting 0-2, avoiding starting 0-2, and the Vikings going to Philly last night. That was a hard ask for them. Well, that's why I picked them. And you can't keep turning the ball over. And, I mean, if you think they play it clean, they might have a chance to win that game, and they don't. Okay, so here's the rules. I just found the rules on this deal. You, the tab must be open 15 minutes before kick. Oh, wow. No pitchers. So you can't get pitchers of beer, no top-shelf liquor or food. Oh, they screwed themselves. <laughs> yeah. I can see why they did what they did. And then it, Rogers must start. That was the rules. Well, he started. Jack's American Pub. He started. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I, I'm not finding any money figures, but yeah, in Milwaukee, Jack's American Pub. Yeah. If you haven't seen the video, you got to go see it. I mean, it's all over where I'm looking at this, where they just go crazy. Like here, there's it's it's awesome. Oh my god, it is awesome. What's going on? Speaking of awesome, what's going on down at Garrison Financial? Yeah, just just uh, got back from a couple of 401k enrollments. Helping take care of some company stuff, and and if your company's looking to add some benefits, if your company wants a second opinion on the benefits that you offer, holler at us. We'll come in, we'll uh, take a look at what you got, bring you back a, a full comp, and and show you the difference. See if we can help you out. Absolutely, Scott at SoonerWealth.com is your email address. One twenty four North Main is your physical address go visit scott garrison financial or you can Garrison's. call me oh looky here at 580-821-1219 yep there you go finally got finally got a separate <laughs> number 580-821-1219 give me a call let's go over what you got let's see if we can make it better awesome you guys have a great week all right you too you too. You got any? Uh, wait, wait, wait. You didn't give us any predictions. Predictions on Sooners. On my Sooners? Well, my prediction for the Sooners is that uh, Jackson Arnold is going to be the starting quarterback by Texas. Oh dear. That's my prediction, uh, and I don't. I'm not trying to be mean. Here we go. I'm not. <laughs> here hey. we go. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you can't see down the field. We got a problem. Okay. If you can't see down the field against SMU, we got a big problem. Dink and Dunk ain't going to win it. (laughs) I love it. Huh? I love it. I love it. Scott at SoonerWealth.com, 124 North Main, 580-821-1219. Look at me. I already memorized the number. There you go. 821-1219. We appreciate Scott's time every Friday. Livens things up for sure. When we come back. High school football tonight. We'll hit the games around the area, around the state. Get you ready 
for some Friday Night Lights. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. This is a Garrison Financial Friday. We appreciate Scott stopping by as he does each and every Friday. And he can do it all. Uh, full financial planning. And I think when I when when we say that, I think I assume I don't even know why I do this, but assume just talking about you as an individual. Mm-hmm. But as he just said, it's not just individual stuff. It's company wide plans that he can certainly um, be able to put in force for. He's done that for us uh, mm-hmm. out at the golf course, and we appreciate him uh, there for sure. Uh, but what he does, he shops the open market, brings you the best value on your life insurance and your investments. He can manage those investments, or if you want to, if you're the one that wants to manage it, you just don't know how to get it started. He'll charge you hourly to build you a plan that then you can start managing once it gets in effect and, and how you kind of like it. That's Scott at SoonerWealth.com, 124 North Main, right here in Elk City, and phone number 580-821-1219. He's like our version of the Fat Jack who joins us on Fridays, except he's our financial planner, Fat Jack, right? Yeah. See what I'm saying? I, kind of. Yeah. That's why we invested that those dollars at the first of the season. Anybody <laughs> getting nervous that my uh, Oregon State pick's going to come through? Am I? With all those, all that odds. Watch out, the Beavers. It's two weeks. The Beavers are coming, Jared. Okay. Carl Albert's <laughs> coming uh, down I I forty tonight to face the Big Elks. Uh, Titans, winners of six of the last seven 5A state championships, defending state champs, and uh, they're, they're one of the best teams that are out there uh, in the state of Oklahoma. It's a monumental task tonight for the Elks to figure out a way to slow down that high-powered offense. Uh, you know, you look; it's it's amazing. There's such a they like can do both things. They could pound you with Robinson. One of the you know the senior skill player. I think he's about the only senior skill player that they've got that plays a bunch. Six two two thirty at the running back spot. Tough, 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 tough to bring down with one guy. I don't know if it's possible, but then they spread you too, and they have you know Kevin Sperry and OU commit uh, slinging it from from the quarterback spot. He's dual threat more than I realized. After watching him a couple of games, he can run. 
And then he's got those guys on the outside with Washington and Haynes and Marcus James and uh, Brackage. Wilkerson comes in as a tight end. They man, they've got a bunch of guys out there that get the ball in space and make plays. So that for the as much of a challenge as last week was, it's almost the same, but with more dudes out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be a monumental task for the Big Elks. I think we all know that. We're not going to beat around the bush about it. This is a one of the best teams as ever step foot inside Big Elk te- uh, Stadium, talent-wise. Uh, Big Elks have to be on their game. I know it's a team sport, and I kind of alluded to this last week, but almost individually. Like, you know, and we'll talk more and more about this tonight during our pregame show. I've been racking my brain, like, what are some keys to the game? And I don't want to give too much away, but it's it's each individual effort <clears throat> is almost going to have to be perfect to eat, slow down this team and give yourself a, ch- a shot, give yourself a chance. Yeah, and it's got to be – I know coaches and uh, Coach Easton was in here on, on Wednesday talking about gang tackling, and that is what's going to be at a premium tonight, not only on Robinson, but then on, on a lot of the other guys that will get the ball out in space as well. They're just they're, – they're hard guys to bring down with, with, with one player. And if you get to do it once or twice, great job. Pat you on the helmet and we get back to do it again. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take all 11 – getting to the football, rushing to the football on defense to be able to try to slow these guys down. Can't take a playoff. I mean, if you think you're out of the play because you're on the other side of the field, don't. Uh, you can't take a playoff and you're right. It, when someone gets a hand on them, they're going to need help. We're talking about Robinson because he is a load. We've seen some highlight films on him, and he's just manhandling guys at times. So if um, you just can't take a playoff, and, and you know, and it goes back in the trust, trusting your teammates. You know, if you get a hand on them, stay right there. Your teammates are coming. Got a gang tackle. I completely agree. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be the the must uh, tonight for the defense offensively. You know, figure out a way. It, you know, last year's game got ugly up there in Midwest City at Carl Albert. It didn't really. It didn't really start out that way though. I know it's a different team. I know you got different personnel than you did last year, but you know that second drive, the Elks marched it just right down the field. We're able to get a couple of third downs, and and really should have been seven to seven, but for a fumble at the goal line. And then you know that was kind of the last gasp, but in a, in a lot of ways because uh, Elk City just couldn't find answers defensively throughout the night. Uh, but the you know that that was one thing that. Kind of gets lost a little bit, and I get it. It's not trying to do moral victories, but you never know how. You know, the the other side mm-hmm. kind of looks around, and goes, "Wait a minute, right, right, what just happened?" Yeah, anyway, you know, that's I think that's something we talked about last week, and I thought the Elks did a great job of it. Like in the in the time frame that I was thinking, we talked about having to weather the storm mm-hmm. of Canadian. I thought Elk City did a great job of doing that. They did had it fourteen twelve. Oh, what eight minutes left in the in the first half, and then things just kind of disintegrated there before halftime. And you looked up, and it was three, uh, thirty-one to twelve. But that's what the that's what the teams like this can do to you: go score, get a stop, go score, get a you know. That's mm-hmm. that's just that's the way that they're designed, and that's why when you say you can't take a playoff, it's a hundred percent correct because that time until it's triple zeros in whatever quarter or whatever half or at the end of the game with the, with the explosiveness that they possess. It's always a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and I'll even add to that, don't play to the whistle, play through the whistle. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know? I mean, not dirty, obviously. Not but, dirty, yeah, but, I mean. I mean, make sure you get them down. Play until that whistle stops blowing. And, and, and again, can't take a playoff because if you take one playoff, that could be a 20-yard gain, if not more. That's how good this Carl Albert team is. They are good. I mean, this is why everyone discusses them as one of the best teams this year in the state, regardless of class. I actually heard somebody on text Mark Rogers this question yesterday. I think I heard it too. Is Carl Albert the best team in Oklahoma? He said he said he still thought it was Bixby, but they're easily one of the top four or five. Mm-hmm. And I, I would I would agree with that. You know, once you get past Bixby, maybe Union, then. That's when well, you, yeah, no, I mean, Jinx beat after Union. After what sure. happened last week, but yeah, yeah but I that's mean, a game. Yeah, that's a game. Deal. You're right. You flip a coin yeah. and rivalry games. We know well, especially that well. one. Yeah, I mean, how many times has the quote unquote worst team won in the regular season? Sure. Then they end up meeting the finals, and the and the better team pounds them. Right. That, I don't think that that's going to happen this year because I don't think they're going to both be in the finals. But the point being, that game can have some really wonky results. And, and Jinx, I mean, think about Jinx. They haven't been as good as in the last couple of years as what we're used to, but what have they done? They ended the they ended Bixby's streak last year, and then they beat Union this year. They're not state championship quality, but I guess in in a one game scenario they can rise up. It's and, funny we say Jinx has not been good, and they're only like two years removed from their last. Yeah, state I know. Title. I know. It's just weird. It's kind of like them. Clinton's. Like, well, they won a title like two years ago. It's not like they're, but yeah, it, it, those rivalry games and, but yeah, Carl Albert though that that's. There's every there. There's always a team every year, and it's been Bixby for years for the last half decade that they're the best team regardless of class. Carl Albert is getting into that discussion because of that personnel, because of Sperry coming in, Robinson's rise, every, all those skill players you mentioned. And it's Carl Albert. I mean, six you know, out of seven titles. That's not they. They don't one. Usually you start a sentence like that, yeah, they've won six of the last seven games. No, they've won six last state titles. This is a – and when they're not winning, they call that a down year. When they don't win a title, mm-hmm. that's a down year for Carl Albert. You know what's crazy? You, you'd assume they've just got massive, massive size. Mm-hmm. They don't really. Uh, they got they got a couple of big guys. You know, Mason, you'll notice him, 64. He's got long dreads. <clears throat> he's like 6'3", 270. Something like you know, mm-hmm. but a majority of their offensive line is more of that like six foot one, two hundred and twenty. But they move really agile. Well. Yeah, yeah they can the move. Thing. They can yeah. move around, and and I mean they do. A, they did a fantastic job. I mean, it's a, you're right. I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not. Hey, they come in here winning six or making the playoffs six out of the last seven years. No, 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 no. They won the title six out of seven. Seventeen total tied for, with Clinton for what second or third? I mean, behind Ada and Jinx. I think Jinx Ada nineteen, Jinx eighteen. Uh, Carl Albert and Clinton at 17 is how that goes, and then there's a step down uh, further from there. So yeah, it's one of those one of those programs, Mount Rushmore type program in the state of Oklahoma for sure. Out here uh, at Big Oak Stadium tonight, another game in the area in 4A. Um, it's one of the top 10 games in the state according to the Oklahoman. Four of which this week feature 4A teams. It's Weatherford hosting Elgin. You know we talked about Elgin a little bit earlier in the week. How much either improved or how much better a fit they are in 5A1 than they were in 4A1. I think you made a good point off air. Is that, that off air? Yeah, the dis- the district isn't 
this year for sure. Yeah, when you look at it, they don't have a bunch of teams that have even won a game it's yet. Them and Lot and Mac and everybody else. It feels like, but that doesn't that that didn't stop them last year from beating Weatherford forty-one to ten down in Elgin. That's true. And so uh, that this game, I'll tell you what, as, as much as we talk about the last two for Elk City, and rightfully so, uh, with the quality of opponents that they've played, Weatherford has done a hell of a job challenging themselves in the non-district. Yeah. When you think about Newcastle on the road, El Reno on the road, now hosting Elgin with with Kingfisher in there as well, that's uh, kudos to them for for getting themselves ready to go for district play with the non district schedule that they play. Yeah, it's, that's that's um, I mean we, that's the philosophy I I love. We do it here in Elk City. Yeah, Clinton's um, always done. Clinton's it. doing it. Weatherford, <clears throat> you don't get better by playing below you. And I'm not saying names. I'm not going to. Dig well, myself in a hole here, but I remember a, growing up in in uh, over uh, over at Clinton, and they would play some teams that weren't very good. And but it turns out, it I don't think it really mattered who they scheduled. That those Clinton teams were really good; they would have beaten them anyways. And you go look back in hindsight, well, those teams they played like the Hoberts and Altus back at that time. Well, they'd go and win a lot of games too. Frederick in the, in there too, but um. Yeah, you don't get better by playing just beating up on people. You you get better by scheduling the Canadians and Carl Alberts and Elgins and Heritage Halls. And I love that what the trio of I forty teams are doing because that really excites me going into district play when those three three teams play each other. And especially when the district isn't as deep as it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, if you yeah. if you're one of the trio on I forty and you don't and you haven't played a tough non-district schedule the district depending on how what the order is and how you play the games on your schedule the district may not prepare you to to be ready to get thrown into the fire either and so i think it's really wise mm-hmm. uh, for these for all three of the teams to to get themselves battle tested ahead of of district play now obviously it, it, for the elks that it's not that way because they right out of the gate after a bye week this next week start in the tornado bowl yeah. but you don't it's not necessarily the case for everybody else. Well, as a as just purely as a fan of high school football, I appreciate this because that get, we know we're going to get quality district games when those trio play each other. I feel like we are this year, um, so I appreciate you know okay getting ready for a district run, and then us going to games and and seeing good games and seeing quality play uh, from all all people involved. So. Yeah, it's good stuff, and you don't expect less, right? For, from Elk City, Clinton, Weatherford, those are names people pay attention to when football is being played, and they're not shying away from competition. So it's it's very good. It's good for the sport. Also on Paragon TV tonight, of course, obviously Big Elk's on Big Elk TV. Paragon TV tonight, a couple of uh, games. One in Class A, Merritt heading to Minko. The Oilers split their first two. Um, and then now they travel to Minko, Bulldogs 3-0 and with wins at home against Dibble, at Moreland, and at Apache. So the Merritt Oilers' final non-district game of the 2023 season at Minko. And then Hollis finally at home. They went to Wilson. They went to Velma Alma. They split each of those games. And now a tough task with Mountain View Godibo coming. It's just kind of weird. You don't see – a ton of like B versus C, even though, even though they both play eight man, so it makes sense. Uh, but uh, Hollis one and one, Mountain View Godibo number three team in Class C, uh, coming down to Hollis tonight. The Tigers two and zero oh on the season. 
26-8 over Maysville, 38-6 over Surreal. So a tough ask down at Hollis for the home for the uh, home opener for the Hollis Tigers tonight. Once again, Paragon TV for that. Then also Jared in 4A. Uh, mentioned Weatherford Nelgen is one of the top ten games in the state, featuring a four A team. There's three others, and uh, two against five A, one against two A, actually, which is pretty crazy. But uh, game of the night, Tuttle at Guthrie. See exactly what the Tigers have uh, for the Blue Jays. Chandler undefeated in two A goes to Poto. Poto's moved up to number two in the Oklahomans rankings, which I think both of us, us kind of had them number two slotted to start. And then I wish they just listened to us. Yeah, I know we could tell them. And Grove at Wagner. Wonder what Grove's got now that Emmanuel Crawford's at Arkansas uh, for the defending champs there in Wagner. Yeah, that Wagner. It's I'm heavy lean on Wagner on that one. But seeing what life is like for Grove after Crawford will be interesting. Uh, the Tuttle Guthrie game could be a knockdown dragout fight. Guthrie's really good. They got a really good defense. And there's been some questions about Tuttle, but they've been winning, so they'll they'll, they'll bring the fight to the Blue Jays. And I know nothing about Chandler, but Poto, I think, like we just said, I think they are the clearly the second best team in 4A. And um, Chandler Lions, again, I don't know anything about them, but uh, there goes that um, scheduling tough mentality that we like. So good good job, all four or three of those 4A teams. Yeah, I'm gonna give you. I just kind of an idea maybe you, yeah a little bit better of idea head into into district play next week yeah. where everybody's at with, with challenge actually challenging themselves out of district poto's done a good job of that all they played uh golly, they, was it metro christian i think defending 3a runner-up did they play them in like week two worth looking up yeah I'm not sure yeah it is a bishop okay so they played bishop kelly who beat mcginnis last week and then they went to metro christian they won both of those games and now playing a top ten team in, in team in two A with Chandler, so a lot of people think. I mean, we we included that if there's a team that can challenge Wagner, it could be Poto. Yeah, that's kind of our thoughts from the beginning, and no doubt about it. High school football. Don't forget six fifteen pregame, seven o'clock on Big Elk TV, Cool ninety four for the Elks and Carl Albert. Seven o'clock kicks for Merritt at Minko, and also Hollis at home for the first time this season, hosting Mountain View. Goaty Bow. When we come back, college football gridiron report. Look ahead to this weekend. Is anybody on upset alert? It's Garrison Financial Friday. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. It's in the house. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports wrapping up a Garrison Financial Friday right here on The Sports Animal. Before we get into the college football, Jared, quick note from the golf world. So the Corn Ferry Tour is in round uh, it's the second leg of four tournament finals. Right. And it's just like the playoffs and 
on, on the PGA Tour except for the Corn Ferry, and they trim the field each time. So second leg, they're playing in Tennessee at uh, College Grove, Tennessee, the Grove uh, Golf Course, Country Club, whatever it is. Uh, the tournament is actually hosted by Brett, uh, by Brent Schneedeker. Brett oh, yeah. Schneedeker. Cool. One Quade Cummins from Weatherford had a great day yesterday. He come he, he so he comes into the tournament 59th on the season long points list. Top 75 make it into all four finals events. Top 75 also guarantee themselves fully exempt status on the Corn Ferry Tour for 2024. But these last four tournaments, the points are elevated massively from what they have been all year. And so, top 30 earns a PGA Tour card for 2024. And having a couple of good tournaments where he stands at 59th, it is not inconceivable at all that you could see Quaid. If he can play, he played pretty well in the first one, I think top 25 or 30. Right now, uh, he held the clubhouse lead yesterday after the kind of the first wave the overnight lead was lead was six under he shot five under 67 six bird six birdies and a bogey <clears throat> he was tied for second or let me look here uh, he didn't tee off till the afternoon so he's probably going to be you know two three four or five shots behind when he tees off this afternoon but currently tied uh seventh at five under just two off the lead uh, held by three different guys at minus seven so a, a really a chance here for a really good week for Quaid on that Corn Ferry Tour. A really good week solidifies him at worst in the final, all four, all four, all four finals. I mean, he's essentially in all four unless he just has a really bad two weeks being 59th. It's hard to imagine dropping out of the top 75. But a good week here guarantees that. And then also sets him up, depending on how good a week, who knows, um, can be really have a chance and get himself in, in a position to be competing for a PGA Tour card the last two tournaments. So really cool stuff uh, from Quade Cummins so far. Just one just one round in, but setting himself up to have a really nice week, which in turn, you know, <laughs> that's got to feel good to have an idea to, to, to know you're here at worst. Yeah. And maybe even somewhere else at best. Yeah, so good stuff. Good good position there. Definitely good stuff for Quaid. All right, coming up on the college football gridiron this weekend, OU at Tulsa, OSU versus South Alabama. Give me a couple of keys that you're looking for up in Tulsa for the Sooners. Um, uh, let me find my notes. Here we go. Uh, open up the playbook offensively, obviously. Open up the playbook. Um, I, I'm still kind of on the side of – I think I'm in the minority when I think this is that Levy was not using his entire playbook against, against SMU because he felt like he didn't have to. He sh- this is a – marathon and not a not a sprint so uh, he doesn't want to show too much in game two and um but I'm I'm okay with opening up the playbook and letting your guys fly so uh here on the road against a Tulsa team that is liable to score some points if the defense isn't on point so let them open up the playbook let Gabriel pitch it around the yard because despite how maybe Scott feels when they do throw it OU's good he's his numbers are pretty decent after two games 77 percent completion rate um i wrote this down here 9.9 yards a, a completion i know a lot of that came in that first game in the big chunk plays that he had uh, six touchdowns and he's protected it he's hasn't thrown an interception yet he's only been sacked once 
Um, let Gabriel throw it around the yard. Goes back to open up the playbook. And we just need to see better line play on both sides, offensive and defensive. Get a push up front. Let the offense run the ball uh, consistently and got to get pressure on the quarterback. I'd like to see a little bit more uh, pressure in the backfield defensively. So just some things. I guess what I'm, what you've, what I've have, uh, how I've answered that is what I'd like to see and not so much keys to the game. I don't think they have a problem with winning versus Tulsa, but I want to see them – I want to. I want to see how they win. I want to see them get better. That's how I think they can get better. How about you? Yeah, Pen- <clears throat> Michael Penix last week for Washington, twenty-eight of thirty-eight, four hundred nine, three touchdowns and a pick against this Tulsa team. I, I see. I, I get it. I know everybody. I really think the seventy-three in game one set unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's fifty-one to nothing, everybody's still happy. But it's not the the gaudy number of you know there's something about like sixty or seventy that just makes you kind of got get taken aback like whoa this team is way better than I thought. So I'm the opposite man. It's Tulsa, run it down their throat. And I I think that's kind of what Levy was doing last week. It's SMU, run it down their throat. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma didn't do it, and and that makes it. You start beating your head against the wall because as, as the offensive coordinator, the play caller, you're thinking, we have the guys that ought to be able to just push them around. They're just not doing it. You know what I mean? So give them a chance to do it. They didn't do it. And then, oh, by the way, when it became 14-11, what happened? He slung it around a couple of times. And I know people will go, well, why didn't he do it the whole game? It's, it's not just Don't a, do it out of necessity. Do it. But because, it's, just not, yeah. it's not just about winning that game. It's about growing a team throughout the season, and in his estimation, being able to run the ball against SMU was a better choice of that than just to dissect their offense, their their defense through the air, which they obviously were able to do when they had to. So you know, I, I get the criticism, I guess. I also, but I also understand what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. He's thinking, "Good grief, it's SMU. Run it down their throat." I think you're going to see more of the same this week. Defensively, just keep on tackling. You know the 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 sack numbers don't look good. The pressure numbers though do. You know how many times has it felt like in these first two games, where OU had guys on the defensive line that were just like a half step away, or flushing. You know immediately get pressure, they flush out, and you know force a bad throw. I, I know that you need still need to get the quarterback to the ground, but it hasn't felt like there's you know in the past seemed like they're back there and then they miss tackles and then that gives wide open lanes and right. that kind of thing. You don't sense that as much this this year, but you do sense, boy, if you could, you know, if the secondary could make him hold on to the quarterback, hold on to the ball, like one more pat, one more beat, then the, the two-sack number goes to ten. Yeah, you know, it, it, it feels like they are a re- second away. That's right. Really, Just give him one but more step. what's relieving – or what's uh, – encouraging about that is in the last year when you see you know pressure on the quarterback he steps up or or eludes it makes that throw to a wide open wide receiver now it's okay you stepping up making a bad pass because the pressure is just again one second away or the secondary is there making plays that's right Uh, up in Stillwater I'm so intrigued by this game because of what South Alabama has done in the last year 10 wins 10-3, 10 and 3, two of those losses in the regular season so so close. Oklahoma State's uh offensive philosophy, what are they? That's certainly not settled yet. 
does Gundy start? I mean, that, it, it seems like that's the progression to get to Gundy starting this week with conference play looming next week on the road at Iowa State. I'm really intrigued to see what Oklahoma State does offensively and how the game is called, how the game is managed, especially from that quarterback spot against a team that all of a sudden, when you start hearing people talk about this game, there people have a bunch of respect for South Alabama. Yeah. They really do. So, Well, I have before the season started, when you look at the schedule, then and, and, and I'll give credit to our man Jim, who, who brought this to my attention, listened to him one afternoon, but I didn't realize how good of a season South Alabama had last year, how close they were to what beating UCLA. So I thought, man, this game, if OSU can't figure things out in their first two games, this third game could be a problem. Yes, OSU is 2-0, and but have they figured anything out? Defensively, they're damn good. Yeah. I mean, this is why the Arizona State win, I know it's on the West Coast, but it reminds me so much of the Boise win from a couple of years ago where defense just suffocated somebody in the second half. How many times did we see that that year where somebody – a bunch of different times. It seemed like offenses kind of had their number down at Texas in Bedlam in, in Stillwater that year. Offenses kind of going up and down the field on them in the first half. And then all of a sudden halftime adjustments, whatever it is, the second half that Cowboy defense was just suffocating and they did it again against Arizona state last week. That's the part finally got, I mean, Colin Oliver's out there all the time, Daniels, but Oliver to me, I've said it throughout the off season and I'll remain, I'll keep on saying it. I am not 100% sure that Colin Oliver isn't the best player in the Big 12. You just got to let him be it. And I think maybe Brian Nardo's going to let him be that guy. He looked completely comfortable as a linebacker against Arizona State. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Showing off all the skills that he possesses. That dude is awesome. And that's the one thing about this game. I know everybody wants to see the quarterback thing settle, the offense start clicking. Is it possible? I mean, this is about, what, four years in a row now? Where Oklahoma State, is it possible that they're just more of a defensive team than anybody wants to admit right now? I know, I know we're Possibly. all we're all used to Whedon and and Rudolph and the high flying circus act that was the 2010 most of the 2010s for OSU in football, offensive football. But man, it does seem like, and maybe it's a philosophy thing. Maybe it's just the the players that are on the team right now. But it sure seems to me like Oklahoma State has made a concerted effort to become more defensive-oriented. And I, and I think it's actually kind of went past middle. You know, it, it's, it's gone from, golly, just a, little bit of, just a little bit of defense to help this offense, and we're going to win every game, mm-hmm. to now you almost feel like, geez, just a little bit of offense to help this defense out, and we're going to win a lot of games. It's almost kind of the approach I have with Dallas Cowboys is that they have a really good defense that's going to win them a lot of games, and they have an, uh, an offense that's good enough. And, and and kind of feel like that with OSU. And you're right. they Great linebacker play, and they're really, really good defense. Now, once conference plays start, we'll, we'll really start to figure that out. But really good defense, and an offense that, again, is okay to get the job done, okay to move the football and score when they need to score. So – but they got to figure out the quarterback situation. I know we're beating a dead horse with that one, but they've got. And that's I guess that's a key. Is maybe they can figure that out in this game. 
you would hope, right? I mean, my my hope, my my prediction is when that big Friday night game with Kansas State coming to town, you're going to get the guy QB one who's going to be in there no matter what the whole time. Now, because I think Iowa State is in such shambles that they could go up there and still try to figure this out up there. But uh, you'd like to have it done before then, though. I know that's how you feel. You'd like to have that done. Quarterback one pick. Oh, after this week. Then, yeah. And, and so, however that. So wouldn't it be great? Whoever starts, and you think it might be Gundy because it's his turn. Let's say he goes in there. He's great, and they leave him in. Leave him in. That's and right. They just leave, they they he gives his dad a reason to not pull him out. Go up. He's perfect. He was perfect on those last two drives. We got to leave him in there. Yeah. Make him make him come off the script. Exactly. Make him come, and and maybe that's. Maybe this is was the plan all the time because, like Sam said on the text line, he thinks Gunner's the quarterback for OSU. The team seems to play harder for him. Maybe, maybe you start the other two against the teams you thought were were weaker. Even though Arizona State's a bigger name than South Alabama, but then the guy that you want to be the guy starts that third game, and it is Gunner Gundy. Is Gundy Mike Gundy? Is he trying to just appease to all these? You know, his son's not leaving, but is he trying to keep them all happy because I, I of think this, so. this transfer portal era? I, I'm sure there's some Afraid of that. Afraid to name a guy, then all of a sudden his quarterback depth is in shambles because they said, well, fine, I'm out. Well, I'm sure that's the truth. Uh, the, the one way that doesn't happen is if you name the guy that everybody else thinks is the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, if you – in the pro, in, listen, it, being his son is not a positive, especially if, if, if like Sam is right – his son is the best one because there's always going to be that 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 nepotism view if he wins the job and it's so close i mean there's no nobody has stood out from the others yet and so if you if you actually if you go with what people believe or even the team believes and, and it is his son gunner gundy and then they mess around and lose this game I mean, you can already hear the uproar, right? Mm-hmm. Even though, and it might even be from the same OSU fans that believe he's the best one right now, but there's still got to be something to blame. And I think that's, even if he won't admit it, and I'm not saying it's it, it's top of mind by any stretch of imagination, but I think somewhere in the back of his mind, there is that, you know, it is my son. And it, it, maybe not, hopefully not. Hopefully he just says, you know what? Gunner played better than everybody else. Move on. And I think that's what it, – it just needs to be somebody. Whoever that is needs to grab the bull by the horns exactly. and take control of that position, and it just simply hasn't happened yet. Uh, upsets. You got anybody on upset watch this weekend? I wrote weekend? down five games. I'm not suggesting that all five upsets are going to happen, but just something to keep your eye on. This has been kind of a dud week, so it's kind of hard to find those – yeah, once again, those no uh, no ranked matchups this week. Yeah, uh, but a lot of these are road games for the favorites. So LSU at Mississippi. I've State. got numbers on that one. Okay, that's mine. Uh, that is yours. Yes. Uh, keep an eye on Kansas State at Mizzou. Just a four point favorite on the road. Uh, Minnesota at North Carolina is kind of interesting to me. Uh, Washington at Michigan State and and Tennessee at Florida. I want to see more out of Tennessee, and this feels like a trap game. Uh, this rivalry game in the swamp. So those are the five I'm having. If there's one that's most likely to happen, I would probably lean LSU at Mississippi State. Okay, so LSU at Mississippi State. 
the last four times they've went. Well, three of the last four have been extremely close. Now, the one time it wasn't was 2019 with Joe Burrow and that group. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That ain't LSU this year. So you almost throw that one out, right? Because that's not who this is. So in 2015, LSU won 21-19 down there. 2017, Mississippi State beat them 37-7. to And then in 2021, LSU won 28-25. So a, a Mississippi State beat down, an LSU beat down, and then two really close games the last four times they went to Stark Vegas. I would keep my eye on that one faux show. Mm-hmm. Also, and this probably is just because of what happened in 2021, Penn State, Illinois. You remember that game? No, I don't. From 2020. It was like eight overtimes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was still in like 13 to 11 yeah. or something like that. It's a classic Big Ten <laughs> yeah. overtime game, yeah. It's, yeah, and in the SEC, it's 81 to 89 yeah. or whatever. And the Big Ten, it was 13 to 10 or whatever. But, I don't uh, think Illinois is any good. I, I don't either, but they weren't that year either. No. And I like Penn State. I, I, I said that from I'm, the start. I'm coming around on them. I'm coming around as them probably being the second best team in the Big Ten behind Michigan. Yeah, they're starting to make me believer. But every time I do that with them, they go and get beat badly by somebody. They have a really good quarterback. Drew Aller is a really good quarterback in my mind. Yeah, K State. I think the fun, the most fun, K State, Mizzou. Got any problem with uh, Jay Norvell? No, I don't. He's asking a guy to take his hat off and his glasses and be a professional. No, I love it. I love it. I love it on both sides because I'm it, not I'm not 100 percent sure that Dion won't have glasses and a hat and maybe even a hoodie on Ralphie running out on. I mean, I, I put nothing past the the Colorado Circus. I think Norvell is just trying to find an edge. He's trying to he's rally. His, he's he, trying to rally them up to he, overdo things. He's they, on his. He's on his coaches show at rudy's like or wherever that is for colorado state yeah and he's trying to fire people up yeah and saying I, things. I think it's calculated but, i think he knows what he was and he knew he knew it was going to get that to well, he even said it i I know they're going to hear this in Boulder. yeah he knows and i think it's a he knows that he's a heavy underdog so okay i'm going to get him riled up get them trying to do some crazy things maybe i bring my team on in here with a head on their shoulders and see what can happen. But, and here's yeah, the truth: not a lot of chance, not a lot of, not a lot of hope there for he Colorado gave State. them he he gave them the disrespect this week, but that's going to be a constant theme throughout the season and maybe even throughout Dion's time. He's always going to find something. Oh sure, whether or not it, whether or not it's real edge. or perceived, yeah, he's going to find that edge. every single week. He's going to find something. Yeah, uh, to be to be upset about to be, you know, a motivational ploy, right? There's always going to be something. Can't wait to hear what Lincoln says. We <laughs> <laughs> sit on my couch, my They'll popcorn. Probably, like, it'll okay. probably be, that week. It'll be kumbaya. <laughs> everybody hates Oklahoma because Venable said what he said about Dion. Right? Yeah. Here People we go. tried to burn yeah. down Lincoln's house. Yep. Yep. Still looking for those police reports. Yeah. Can't no find kidding. Them. Big Elk TV, 7 o'clock, Carl Albert and the Big Elk's Paragon TV for Merritt and Hollis. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back goodbye. 
Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.